we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker, she's Simone Roche. Oh, no, do you know what? I've made a mistake. I need to start again, Simone. Shall I do it again? Oh, Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. On, right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the award winning Northern Woo! Power Women. <laughs> it's, do you know what? Let's just have a moment of blowing our own trumpet. This time last week, Simone, you and I were saying, look, this is going to come out after the awards, so we need to delete as applicable. Either we won or awards don't really matter. I think we're our two, <laughs> we're our two <laughs> responses. But man alive, I think you heard my little squeal from Arizona when the British Podcast Award celebration was going on and the Northern Power Win podcast won silver. I reckon you could hear me in Liverpool. Could you? Oh, and I could hear your mum in Australia as well. Oh, could you? Yeah. you know, oh, how amazing. And, lady, you know, we chuffed a bit, you know, with silver. Can you believe it? We were up against a lot of the big boys and girls out there. But uh, did you win anything else? Just asking. Well, I was very lucky. I did have a very successful Saturday, which was a very big, big <laughs> headache on Sunday. Uh, but no, I was really chuffed that another podcast I make, a women in sport podcast called The Game Changers, with the brilliant Sue Anstis, picked up the bronze in the sports section, which again blew my tiny little mind because goodness me, some of the sports podcasts out there are off the scale huge. So I'm so, so thrilled for Sue and the team there. And then my little Desert Diaries won bronze. Oh my gosh, in entertainment being second to George Ezra, yes, international <laughs> pop star. <laughs> so, that is the blower that was in the goodie bag. Look Just at that. saved it for you. Absolutely thrilled. So thank you so much for all your messages. If you, you know, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, we would love you to rate and review us because that's how more people can listen. So thank you. And for, do you know what? I think people must want to sponsor now. Surely now we are award winning at a British Podcast Awards. Sponsors, please come in, share the love. We're loving these weekly chats. Absolutely loving it. So get on board. We need your support. Look at us being brave now asking for it. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I was channeling you, Simone, at the weekend because I did a Twitter thread about winning the awards because you know I am one person an independent podcaster and won three awards at this major awards and I thought you know what the big boys out there the big broadcasting production houses who aren't sitting in a swimming costume in the cupboard recording like I am um, <laughs> and I thought oh but you always feel awkward and I don't know what it is especially I think about us as women in business we feel awkward about standing up and shouting about our achievements so I thought about you and I thought no Simone would tell me to ruddy do this so I'm hoping that everybody who has maybe read that thread at Walker Sam on Twitter shout about your achievements and someone gave me a lovely analogy and said self-promotion is a bit like cooking it's lovely if someone else does it for you if you haven't got someone else to do it for you if you don't do it yourself you are going to starve and I thought I love that 
Absolutely. And I, it was brilliant, wasn't it? We spoke, didn't we, uh, on a Sunday afternoon because uh, I just wanted to check in going, oh, are you alive? Are you still partying in Arizona? Because it was. <laughs> I was obviously, you know, we're, we're thrilled. We created, we started this three years ago, yes. didn't we? Um, you know, podcasts are obviously have gone through the roof over the last few years. And we've been at this together. You're the expert. We, we put you above our weight on this. And uh, I, I, I was so pleased absolutely so thrilled to bits I had we, we had to wait um, if you haven't sort of seen it you can actually watch back the show on the British Podcast Awards YouTube channel and you got to go into a Zoom room so you had to have your best sort of Oscars face didn't you um, and, and you had all you know you had like Stephen Fry Sarah Cox you had all these like super celebrities and uh, uh, broadcasters presenters from all you know from all over the country you know sort of uh, presenting and announcing the awards yeah Thrilled, thrilled to bits and, you know, well done you. And we absolutely need to high five the achievements and high five all the good stuff going on. So, yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Or, or tofu dinner for you. Winner, winner. Yes, plant-based protein dinner. Uh, <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring. Now, listen, before we move on, because we don't want to just talk about how fabulous we are for the entire podcast episode, although, hello, we've had a lovely week and we should celebrate. But excuse me, Simone Roche, you also have won all the prizes in the world again. Please talk me through what happened last week. Oh, so um, I was asked by uh, Sandy Lindsay, who's one of our yes. powerless, great advocate for everything think that we do Northern Power Women World and the Institute of Directors Award should have been back in May mm-hmm. uh, and then they shifted to virtual anyway so Sandy has been in cahoots with Northern Power Man about getting me to the ceremony in the first instance so we're part of a WhatsApp group come along and you know they were really and then when it went to virtual they're like there's no way we're going to get her to come to a virtual event so they they pretended that I was going to be announcing a very secret special award right at the end of the ceremony and guess what it was for me wow. it was the uh, the IOD Northwest Chairman's Award for Excellence in Director and Board Practice so I couldn't understand why Rob came in uh, to the office quite dressed up in a shirt and then the next <laughs> minute I looked around he's got a tie on I'm like, what so it was it was a proper table turned moment but yeah it was the chair apparently each year he selects who he thinks is you know who should be put forward for for this so it's it's brilliant isn't it when you know to be nominated it's really brilliant to be this was a proper recognition so yeah thrilled to bits yeah it's been quite a week and i've had to sort of clear a bit of space on the shelf to be honest but yes absolutely high-fiving congrats to all the other winners they feel massively privileged and honored to be amongst them all so thank you Rah. I haven't got one of those things, so I'm going to have to just do a terrible sound effect. Well done, Simone. I'm so proud of you. And oh, my goodness, I just feel like we need a little lie down with a large G&T. But let's do that after the podcast, shall we? Well done, though. Really brilliant, brilliant stuff. Now, look, we've got so much to talk about as ever. But I know we really wanted to discuss um, this week about young people, actually. Now, Northern Power Futures, Mm. of course, is a really uh, an organisation very close to your heart that you set up to really amplify the voices of younger people. There is a Northern Power Futures podcast, which answers a lot of questions that younger people have about their careers, especially at this really difficult time. And I think quite often we forget the younger people and the fact that they are having a very, very hard times of things at the moment because, in fact, as hard as we're all finding it, 
quite often they don't have an established career and they don't have that experience that some of us are lucky enough to be able to fall back on even if we do go through a tough time. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we've really enjoyed making the Northern Power Futures podcast because it's the questions from the, the voices and the concerns of, of those young people. But yeah. and we've got um, a young 19 uh, year old, Eleanor, who's, who's part of our team. And so it's been really great to literally get straight from the you know straight straight from the horse's mouth so to speak about what the concerns of her and her friends are but one of the things we were talking about this week was the under 16s and sort of the I suppose again a couple of people were talking to they've got young you know young children who are sort of between the ages of 10 and, and 14 15 but there seems to be a real bravery in that age group so you've got absolutely got a fear of that early career or pre-career sort of 16 plus but in the 16 and under there seems to be a real bravery mm. so Emma works when I mean, she's been out this week with her son playing football and she said it was so amazing to watch him socially distance play with his mates and it is she's what was really cool was watching them making their own rules up you yes. know the new socially distanced rules but it was it was almost fearless whereby you look a few years older and that's where you've got that fear, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and Alex Cousins we've had on the podcast, you know, she talked about her son and, you know, he's in that younger bracket, not bothered, he's happy to wear the mask, he's not bothered what, about what people think of it, you know, yes. think of him not getting skitted by his mates or, or stuff like that. So it's really interesting to see these kind of, the age brackets and how the young people are, dealing and how I almost feel like that sort of 16 plus a worry about that age group almost yeah. becoming old before their time with worry where they this should be the prime of their life shouldn't it starting their careers starting yeah. their educational journeys etc and yet they're they're fueled with worry and our under 16s are are, are out there sort of flying and, and, and playing again, you know, and being young actually, whereas the, the 16 plus are maybe growing up a bit too soon. I, I don't know. That, that's what I got the sense of this week, worried. I think what's what's something to take into consideration, of course, is that perhaps the under 16s haven't yet formulated in their head. They're not at that stage where they have started that career planning or that further education planning. So for them... It's a case of, well, I'll I'll worry about what I'm going to do next when I get to the point where I have to think about it. So if the world has changed by then, well, they'll start that planning then. Whereas, of course, these young people trapped in the sort of 18 to 22, 23 up bracket have entered the world of work and further education in, quote, the old norm and have started and then all immediately been stopped. And we've got people whose careers has only just got going and are now on what they're feeling is a semi-permanent hiatus. And I think that's a really frightening position for them to be in. Here's a worry, and it's in the employment, the unemployment figures. You know, we talked about it the week. We're potentially going to go through the roof, and they are. It, it's starting to show, isn't yes, it? It's starting yeah. so. But then, equally, I am seeing some. I am seeing some of those opportunities out there. I, I was talking with um, another one of our powerlists earlier this week. She works for the innovation a- uh, agency, and they're creating these really high-level apprenticeships. Um, you know, so I think I'm hoping that you know that there's going to be some creativity because you know I was talking to them about that would be great 
website. We'll be able to get them out there to our communities. And she was like, oh. And then she starts thinking, oh, maybe you could do this as well. And if everyone just does that bit of thinking, if we all do that bit of creative thinking about not just instantly going back into the old norm or whatever the new norm be, we have to think about, right, how can we include how can we try and allay some of these fears and how can we actually take action to create opportunities you know to create a pathway to create some guidance so i think what we're doing or with northern power futures what we're doing on our power platform where we're creating that environment to put those opportunities on what we we need to urge everybody to be innovative with their thinking mm. you know as as we navigate a new way of working as we navigate a potential modeling for a second spike we're, we don't know do we we're, we're almost like right so i'll throw the dice today and this is the way i'm going to go but we're not sure because we could still go that way yeah this is what yeah this is this is the, the the hardest position to be in to not be able to plan because we simply don't know the parameters we're dealing with you know the parameters we're working within and i think that's incredibly challenging for businesses for individuals for everybody I, I want to just mark the really sad news about the closure of the Deaf Institute and Gorilla two just legendary music venues in Manchester mm. I know it's happening across the north where music venues and the whole of the country in fact music venues are having to close because goodness me can we even imagine a time where we can all go back to a gig again and it's it's a real shame because I think these have been hubs and hearts of communities especially in the north of England not having to get on a train and go to London to see a band that you love has been so important not just for the band's careers but for but for so many people and I won't just say young people because I used to go to those venues all the time when I lived in Manchester to see these great little bands and have that wonderful experience of seeing live music and it's not just music venues that are under threat and closing down in our regional hubs but of course there's big worries about news isn't there oh there is I'm talking about this just earlier today you've got the Guardian you've got the BBC you've got the local news outlet so the Yorkshire Post which is award winning in its its content that it puts out Liverpool Echo Manchester you've got all these regional news outlets that are making either proposing to or already making cuts so I have a real sense of worry I mean we have talked before about when the regional news press have come together to put a united front page out and I really worry I absolutely worry about us losing our identity and our northern voice and our needs and going back to a London central news outlet that I think would be a nightmare and it's happening on you know sort of all the all the different channels and that is a real mm. worry for I think it's a worry for all of us we constantly shout don't we we work with the BBC 5050 project about getting better representation in the media and that equally you know it's that intersectionality of all of that, you know, we, we need to have our, our regional voices represented. So I'm, one, very fearful about going away from that because I think it's so important uh, yeah. that we have those those voices. Yeah, and it's just a real shame. I mean, I, I worked in commercial radio for years. You know, I had a very happy time at Key 103 in Manchester. You've got Radio City in Liverpool, Radio Air in Leeds, Hallam FM in Sheffield, Rock FM in Preston. They're all no more. They simply do mm. not exist. And now there is the homogenous organization of what used to be local radio and I know the hub is in Manchester 
but it's almost irrelevant that it's in Manchester. Mm. It could it could be anywhere. And I do feel there's that sadness because there is such a community around local radio. And you have got, for example, in Manchester, Excess Manchester, which is a kind of rock and indie station, which is still a local station in Manchester, but it is one of the smaller players. Capital now isn't a fully local radio station. I know that is reflected in the major cities all around the north as well. It's the way the world is going. And I guess as we move into a more virtually working world as well, we are losing even more of a connection with our with our local communities in a way. So, again, this is something else to to really add into the whole thought process of what the future may look like, isn't it? It's overwhelming, Simone. I think you're right. This is a challenging time now. You know, back in March, we had no idea how, how long this was going to go on for. We did absolutely did not envisage sort of four months. Mm. So I think the now, the not knowing, you've got absolutely a, a proportion of the population that is just going back to to normal, uh, what they think is their normal. But there, there isn't one. There isn't one. And it's yeah. if people think that that's what it is now, well, I think, you know, they're going to be looking back in. And we don't know, do we? We months we don't I think it's just the this is a, a really strange we're in limbo aren't we yeah absolutely 100% you know what I'm going to ask you for now you know what we need in our lives do you know what I cannot wait for a good old life lesson Yes, and Leanne Potter is providing our life lessons today. Tell us about Leanne. She works for NHS Digital. She is queen of cyber and she's involved in so many different groups over in Leeds and is absolutely part of a girl tech gang over there. So she's lively, she's vibrant and she's a proper role model, part of our Northern Power Futures list this year. So thank you so much, Leanne. Here's your life lessons. Hi, I'm Leanne Potter. I'm a cybersecurity analyst at NHS Digital on their training scheme. I retrained for a career in tech about two years ago from a decidedly untechnical role in the third sector. Uh, I can often be found on the handle Technically Speaking Leads. That's because I do a lot of public speaking aimed at encouraging more people from non-technical or underrepresented backgrounds to consider a career in tech and address that uh, diversity issue that we have there. Tell us about an important role model in your life. Well, I can't just pick one. So instead, I'm going to have to call upon the holy trinity of the Leeds tech scene. That's Sarah Tulip and Deb Hetherington from Women in Leeds Digital and Natasha Cesalem from Empowering Women with Tech. These women have so much passion and drive for what they do. They're so incredibly dedicated about encouraging women into tech and everything they do pretty much inspires me. And I have no doubt that without their influence um, when I was first starting to retrain for a career in tech and going to their events I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for them they've just been such a fantastic role model what's one piece of advice that has really stuck with you be vocal you need to be vocal and let people know what you want to achieve I used to think that if you worked hard did a good job that it'd get noticed and recognised and then good things would happen, you know, just by magic. But one of the best pieces of advice I ever received was that people, especially people who you want to be recognised, are incredibly busy. So if we put that into perspective, if the people you're trying to um, be noticed by are incredibly busy thinking about their own career progression, who has time to think about yours? So you need to be vocal about where you want to go, what your ambitions are, and crucially, be vocal about our achievements, you know, really shout about them. 
what advice would you pass on to someone starting their career today? I would say if it's a career in tech, find your tech tribe. I owe a lot of my success to the tech community. They were there for me when I was deciding whether or not to take the plunge and join the industry. And they supported me because I was new to the industry, not in spite of being new. We're so lucky in Leeds to have a tech community that's so full of lovely and friendly people who just spend so much time lifting each other up. I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't meant for them today. When have you faced imposter syndrome and what did you do about it? I'm waiting to come out of imposter syndrome. Totally out of my depth, really, in terms of my sort of like past 10, 15 years experience. So I constantly feel like I've got something to prove, but not necessarily just to others, but to myself as well. I'm constantly always thinking, you know, should I know this? Does everyone else know this? Or, you know, how do you build that? And the way I've sort of tried to beat the imposter syndrome demons is take it one day at a time. I am always trying to remind myself of how far I've come. If you actually sit down and talk to people, nobody really knows everything there is to know about tech. So don't make assumptions that everyone knows more than you do. Tell us about a time you had to be resilient. I remember when I first started my first job in tech and I remember I came in early and I was keen to get my, my IT stuff set up. There weren't many people in first thing in the morning. There was a bank of desks opposite me and they hadn't noticed that I'd sort of come in early and I overheard a conversation that made my blood absolutely boil. They were talking about the latest recruitment drive which was the one I'd been included with and they suggested the reason why the organisation had hired so many women was to meet a diversity inclusion quota. So I was absolutely livid because, you know, I knew I'd put in all this hard work, sacrificed so much, went through a really rigorous recruitment scheme, only to find that certain people in the organisation still had quite a sexist view about women coming into tech. I didn't expect to have to raise a HR issue on my first day. Rather than get angry or retreating to myself, I made it my mission to get as many women and people from non-traditional backgrounds into the industry as possible. If it hadn't been for that first awful day in tech, I might have just kept my head down, probably just carried on just doing that job. But because of that incident, it gave me the drive to speak about the importance of diversity, about increasing equality in the industry. So my resilience to that incident gave me the fire in my belly to do things I'd never done before and hopefully make the industry better overall. Thank you so much to the marvellous Leanne Potter for just taking the time to share your life lessons with us. You know what I'm going to say? We want to hear from you. Come on, jump onto the award-winning Northern Power Women podcast. Send us your life lessons, please. Just get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Just put life lessons in the email subject box. We will tell you exactly what you do. It's dead easy. It's going to take five minutes of your time and we would love, love to hear from you. Please, please, please do get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Before I head off into the sunset, our Simone, I don't know if you saw this little story this week. There's been some research done by a major university of one section of our family that we haven't really thought about during lockdown, who apparently is going to really struggle even more than we might do with any sort of new normal. I'm talking about your dog. 
<laughs> because why? What's up with our pooches? Well, at the moment, they cannot believe their luck that their humans are around 24-7. But this research shows that dogs have become kind of incapable of self-soothing because they've had us around all the time. <laughs> There's a real worry that as people start to return to work, your poor dog's going to get stressed out as if we didn't have enough to worry about. Do you know, I think that's right. I, we, um, we ventured to see my nieces last week and my stepbrother and his wife, they've got miniature Dachshunds, which are the most hysterical little dogs in the world because their body almost is too long for the length of their legs. <laughs> so they kind of catch themselves up. They're just gorgeous. But they, they were talking about the same. It's the one, you know, they're both in education and teaching professions. And they're like, we're worried. We are worried about our doggy mental health when, when we go back into the workplace because they've absolutely been not just used to having us there but you know the girls there as well and yes. uh, you know it's like proper you know doggy daycare entertainment every day so oh so what can we do there's got to be some top tips Oh, I don't know. This is the thing. Anyone who has got any top tips, if you've got your dog and your dog's stressed out, if you go away, do get in touch and let us know. I've got Juno, of course, and it's between her and the homeschooling of the children and the husband constantly on Zoom calls. Blimey, right, I've got enough on my plate. But any tips, do do let us know, please. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Thank you. Right, well, there we go. Simone, I'm saluting you as ever from Arizona. Thank you so much. Can you try not to win any more awards this week? <laughs> I can't remember a time when you haven't won several awards in a week. See, there's your challenge for this week. Just be like us mere mortals if you could. Says you with three. Stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is the Northern Power Women podcast. The next episode will, of course, be coming your way on Monday, July the 27th. Until then, I'm Sam Walker and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production.